traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hi, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. What a crazy, crazy world we are living in right now. I want to discuss with you today on the More Money Show what has happened with respect to uh, our uh, energy markets and the impact that Ukraine is having on the American economy and American stock market. And I want to tell you this, that uh, I do not believe that we are taking the proper steps to deal with this issue of Ukraine. Now, let's let's go back to where we were a little over one year ago. If we go back to January of 2021, the month that Donald Trump left office, the uh, United States of America was energy independent folks we were producing so much shale oil and gas in states like north dakota and texas and oklahoma and pennsylvania and west virginia that the united states was not dependent on saudi arabia we were not dependent on russia we were not dependent um, on any of the opec countries in fact we were selling oil we were exporting it, not importing it. And I remember in meetings with Donald Trump, uh, he would say that he wanted to make America not just energy independent, but energy dominant. And we were on the road to being energy dominant uh, when Trump left office. Biden comes in and his policy has been an anti-America energy policy. He shut down pipelines. He canceled leases for drilling on federal lands. He canceled uh, the right to drill in Alaska, where we have uh, you know, more oil and gas than, than any other place virtually in the world. Um, and this makes no sense. It makes no sense from an environmental standpoint. It makes no sense from a national security standpoint. It makes no sense from a job standpoint. And it makes no sense from the standpoint of keeping oil and gas prices low so you don't have to pay 4 and 5 and $6 a gallon at the gasoline pump. I do not understand the logic of this policy that is being promoted by Greenpeace and the radical environmentalists to shut down our oil. And, folks, what I'm here to tell you today is the chickens have come home to roost. We have seen uh, the big increase in gas prices. And here's the thing you have to understand to connect the dots with what's happening in Ukraine right now with respect to Russia. Russia's economy is not a strong economy. It is a weak economy. They, they are a small player on the world financial markets. But the one thing that uh, Putin has is energy resources. He has oil and gas. And he has plentiful oil and gas. And it's 40% of the Russian economy. So where do you think that Putin is getting the money for the uh, military invasion of Ukraine? He is getting it from petrodollars, right, from the oil and gas that they're selling to Europe. And even it is so unbelievable. We're even we've been importing oil for from the uh, from Russia <laughs> when we have more oil and gas than they do. And I'm telling you, this is what has financed this war operation. Now, it's worse than that because we're now down 2 million barrels of production a day at, at $100 a barrel, folks. That's $200 million a day 
that we're losing for our economy because of these cockamamie ideas that somehow we're going to you know, destroy our oil and gas industry and move towards windmills and solar panels. Um, that's never going to happen. I mean, we may double our capacity of energy from uh, wind and solar, but that still leaves us with a massive need for oil, gas, and coal. And by the way, yes, there will be electric vehicles, but <laughs> that's going to take 25 or 30 or 40 years before we have uh, even half of the cars on the road being electric vehicles. So this is, a, um, I think, a self-inflicted wound that we're seeing right now, a self-inflicted wound. We have empowered Putin. We have given him the financial resources for this outrageous invasion. And we have played into the hands of not just the Russians, but the Chinese. By the way, don't forget that China right now is also trying to be, become a, an energy superpower by building scores and scores and perhaps even hundreds of coal plants while we shut them down here in the United States. If I sound frustrated to you, I am extraordinarily frustrated with what's going on in this country uh, with our energy policy. Now, Biden gave a speech the other day, I think was it two days ago, when the invasion began, and he said, we're going to get tough with, with Russia. But he hasn't gotten tough. He hasn't gotten tough with Russia. If we want to hurt Russia and hurt Putin, by the way, Putin owns a lot of these oil fields in Russia, folks. So he's going to be, Biden's energy policy is making Putin the richest guy in the world, practically. It's, it's a contest between him and Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg for who's the richest guy in the world and maybe Jeff Bezos. But we're putting billions and billions and billions of dollars into the hands of Putin uh, almost every week because we're not producing the oil and gas here in the United States. It makes no sense. Um, now, I want to hear from people. We will be taking your calls in the second half uh, in the second half hour of the show today because I want to hear from you. If you want to defend uh, Biden's energy policies, please, please call in. You know, I want to hear somebody explain to me the logic of this. By the way, our energy is the cleanest energy in the world, too. We have cleaner oil, gas, and coal than any of these other countries. So what I'm telling you is it's by shutting down our oil and gas and coal, it hasn't reduced world consumption of oil and gas and coal or even U.S. consumption. It just means that we are getting it from other countries rather than getting it from Texas and Oklahoma and North Dakota and Pennsylvania and West Virginia. And by the way, upper state New York, um, where some of you uh, in this listening audience live, has a lot of shale oil and gas, but the crazy uh, government that you have in New York won't allow the drilling there. So all the jobs have gone to Pennsylvania. Uh, we have got to employ our energy resources. Now, one last thing. Why didn't Joe Biden declare in his speech the other day that we are, he should have simply said this, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. And I am sorry for this. And we're going to correct the mistake. We're going to build the Keystone XL pipeline. We're going to build LNG terminals. By the way, just the other day, his Federal Energy Regulatory Commission um, has passed new regulations that make it almost impossible to build LNG terminals in the United States. Now, why are LNG terminals important? Because you lick what, we have so much natural gas in this country. We have 250 years worth of natural gas. We should be liquefying it because if you want to transport it on tankers or through pipelines, you know, you 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 need to, to liquefy it and then you ship it out on ships, on tankers, and we could be getting it to Western Europe. And then countries like Germany and France and Spain and Italy would not be dependent on Russia. And by the way, I have to say this. The Europeans are not blameless in this. I have been warning um, and, and Trump warned of this many, 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 many times over the last five years, that by becoming dependent on Russia for their energy, rather than getting their energy from the United States, they were going to be, there would come a day when they would be held hostage to Vladimir Putin for their electric power production, for their economies. And that's exactly what has happened. Again, I am frustrated. I am angry. This is, you know, people are dying in Ukraine right now because uh, we've got a tyrant in Russia, but also because of dumb policies that have been made in Washington, D.C. Now, I'm not blaming this invasion 
on on us. I'm simply saying that we there's a good chance we could have prevented this from happening. Let, let me put it like this. And this is a question I want to ask you when we get to our callers. Well, that number, by the way, is 1-800-848-9222. Here is the question I want to pose to you. Do you think that if Donald Trump were president today, do you believe that this invasion would have happened? I say no. I don't think there's any way that, that uh, Putin would have invaded Ukraine if Trump were president because Trump was tough. Trump stared down the Chinese. Trump actually got very tough with uh, Russia in, in other countries, when, and in Syria and other countries when they put troops there. So Trump would not be mealy-mouthed about this. He would basically be taking tough actions, and I don't think that they would have had the backbone in Russia to do this if we had a president's tough. I say every week on this show that Ronald Reagan put it best. Weakness is provocative. The United States, I, I never thought I would say these words, is weak right now. We are weak. We have weak leadership in Washington. Putin, a bully, takes advantage of weakness. That's what's happening. Uh, let's get tough. <laughs> let's substitute weakness with toughness. That's my message. I want to hear whether you all, as my valued listeners uh, on this great station, 77 WABC, the best talk radio station in America. Do you agree with me or not that we have to get tougher, that we have to produce American oil and gas, and we have to put America first? I'm Steve Moore. You're listening to the More, uh, More uh, Money Show, and I will be right back. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Hey, it's Ryan Payne and Bob Payne from Payne Capital Management. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E here on More Money talking the economy, markets, financial planning. And Bob, man, oh, man, what a week. You know, we've got Russia invading Ukraine. We've got global banks around the world tightening financial conditions and markets are on a wild ride. What do you make of the current conditions in the economy and the market? Well, Ra, you know, my old mentor, when I uh, first got started in the industry, told me, he who panics first, panics best. So if you panicked, congratulations. But now let's talk to people about investing. What do you think we should be doing here? <laughs> well, we've definitely seen a lot of panic, for sure. And, and we know with our client base, you know, we, we manage over a 1,000 relationships. We manage over a billion dollars. And you're, you're definitely starting to see a lot of investors, a lot of people wary. And the question here, I think, is, what's well, two-part. Number one, are we going into a bear market? Because markets are selling off precipitously uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks. And number two, is the economy going to go into a recession? And I think, you know, there, when you start thinking about the underlying conditions of the economy, I'd actually disagree with both, Bob. Yeah, well, you know, right. they say that uh, history doesn't always repeat, but it often rhymes. So we went back and I checked all the other regional conflicts. Now, look, we got a nuclear power, Russia, invading Ukraine. Yeah, they're big countries, but they're still regional conflicts. And if you go back and look at all the regional conflicts in our lifetime, whether it was a Cuban Missile Crisis or the war in Iraq or Afghanistan or Vietnam or Korea, you know, what happened was the market didn't go into a bear market, sold off into a correction like we did this week, but then went on its way to end up having a big booming bull market. Yeah, and I don't want to discount the regional conflict, right? Because that's what it is. And if you look at the entire GDP of Russia, I mean, it's the size of Texas. And I don't even think you're getting a half a percent of global GDP when you're talking about Ukraine. But look, I mean, it does affect oil prices. To your point, Russia does have nuclear weapons, and they, they are a real player on the world stage. But at the end of the day, if you look at our economy specifically, which is at the end of the day, we're not oil dependent, right? We're oil independent. Uh, and if you look at our economy in general, wages are going up right now. We've got 10 million job opportunities out there. And if you look at economic growth this year, it's going to be very, very positive. So if you think about the fundamentals of the economy, they really haven't changed regardless of what's going on in Eastern Europe. You know, Ryan, you're absolutely right, because the markets really, at the end of the day, they care about the economy. They care about profits. They care about is the, is the country growing? Is the economy growing or is it? you know, going backwards. So if you look at markets, what they want to see, are the numbers getting better or are they getting worse? And the economy is booming right now. And it's really the Federal Reserve and the global central banks that are trying to cool it off a little bit. That's really the big issue. 
That's right, because the reason they want to tighten financial conditions is because they're hot, right? Hot equals good in my very basic economic terms. So I, I think that's a really important point. And the other important point is, because you're thinking maybe I go to cash here, maybe go on the sidelines, wait for this volatility uncertainty to go away. But the problem with that, Bob, is with inflation running so high, the worst place to be is cash. Because number one, you're earning nothing, right? If you're still in your portfolio right now, it's generating income, which is critical. But secondly, at some point here, markets are going to recover. They're going to recover quick. And you're going to miss the boat trying to time it. As we know, timing markets is one of the most treacherous things that you can do as an investor. And that's the hardest thing in the world not to do, Rye. You're sitting here saying, I knew the market was going to go down when you know, Russia invaded Ukraine. I know China's going to take over Taiwan. I know that Putin's not done you know, taking over countries. So you sit there saying, oh, my goodness. You know, it's like whisper down the lane. Next thing you know, it's going to be a global pandemic of, of you know, countries invading other countries. I got to get out and wait and see what happens. And that's the knee-jerk reaction, which can be so harmful to your future because it's not about volatility that you have to worry about, buddy. It's inflation. Yeah, it's inflation. And that narrative has kind of been pushed to the side this week, rightly so, because, you know, we're seeing a real global conflict right now. But, you know, the other issue to think about here, too, is, is not all markets are created equal, right? With the markets, quote unquote, selling off, bond prices are up this week. Commodity prices are going through the roof as energy prices are going up. And anything that's a more old school value type stock is held up much better here, which really getting crushed. And this is why you have to look at your portfolio and you need to be diversified is that disruptive technology, Bob. It's getting destroyed here with this major sell-off. All right, wait a minute. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> You've been listening to my market commentaries for the last year where we told everyone that long duration assets were going to suffer uh, because interest rates were going up, inflation was going up. And what are we seeing happening right now, right? Long duration bond funds getting hit. Cryptocurrencies, disruptive technologies, innovation uh, technology is going down, long duration assets. So the key here is it's, you know, it's not about being concentrated in the next big winners. It's about having diversifications, making sure that you spread your assets among these other investments that have value right now. And if you did what we asked you to do, you're in pretty good shape right now. Yeah, and that is the key because the all or none solution, as we've learned, historically doesn't work, right? You go 100% to cash. What if the markets rebound hard in the next couple of weeks and you miss that whole rally because you're scared? You know, so you can't be 100% sitting in cash. And again, on the other side of that coin, inflation is continuing to go up here and it's eroding at your purchasing power. And on the flip side, you want to have 100% of your money at risk. You can't have it all in growth and technology because you're learning right now. Some funds and some stocks are down 50, 60%. You can't afford that when you're building your financial independence plan. You know, the key here is, You've got to have that all-weather portfolio that essentially addresses no matter what happens, you have money spread out and you're protected. Yeah, that's what we're seeing right now, Rye. You know, the old expression is, you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. Boy, that's such an awful image. I have to get that out of my mind. But, you know, <laughs> so that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing these companies that were selling at 20, 30, 40, 50 times sales, not, didn't have any earnings, are going down because that's what they should do. They were overvalued. And we're seeing value stocks outperform growth stocks. We're seeing high-quality bonds do their job. We're seeing international stocks do well relative to the U.S. So there's plenty of value out there, but you have to really have a plan, a strategy based on what you're trying to achieve, not on what the media is telling you is going to happen going forward. They don't know. They act like they do. Nobody can predict the future. What I do know is that your future income needs are as critical to you as they are my family. It's time to get invested right. Yeah. So if you're thinking to yourself right now, look, this is crazy right now. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have too much money in cash. I've had too much money in growth stocks. They're getting hit right now. I need a real plan for financial independence and retirement. Here's a shot to do it every week. We have 10 slots. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, if you call or text right now during the show, Bob and I will run through our total financial master plan. We only do 10 a week. We'll do it with no obligation or cost. There's no other firm out there that'll do this kind of work up front. We go through everything for you. We literally will go through every investment you own. We're going to build you your own personalized financial portal, and we're going to get a bird's eye view of your entire net worth, and we're going to hone in on every financial issue you need to address today. We're going to look at income. You need an income plan for retirement. Just because there's volatility right now doesn't mean that costs aren't going up and you don't need income. We're going to help you optimize how to take Social Security. How do you build income streams from your portfolio that go up above inflation? 
How do you create an income stream that you don't run out of money over the rest of your life? We're going to build it for you. We're going to look at fees and taxes. Yes, Wall Street loves to sell you horrible products with high fees and they're tax inefficient. We're going to break down every single investment you own. We're going to tell you the cost, show you how to reduce it on those annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products, insurance products, show you how to reduce it and optimize your portfolio for taxes. Inflation's a tax. The government's going to need money. Taxes are probably going higher. You need a proactive tax plan. We're going to give it to you. And we're going to look at diversification. Did you sit with way too much money in those hot growth stocks that are now selling off aggressively? Or are you sitting in cash, earning nothing, paralysis by analysis? We're going to put together a full investment game plan. So not only do you grow your money over time, but protect it. We literally have 10 slots. Don't waste time. Call or text right now. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over $750,000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost, but there won't be a plan if you don't text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, you know, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, you know, the one thing that we spend a lot of time focusing on for our thousand or so families that we advise and the billion dollars that we have in our management um, and we talk about a lot on our podcast, Pain Points of Wealth, which you can check out if you go to bebullish.com. That's bebullish.com. We have over 65,000 downloads, one of the fastest growing podcasts in the country. And one of the topics we talked about recently is when you're building your retirement plan or your financial independence plan, it's all about income. And there's so much content out there on the topic and so much misinformation when it comes to building that income plan that I thought you and I could cut through the noise and just talk about the right way and the wrong way to think about income planning for your retirement. Well, you know, Rye, income planning is financial planning, and you and I are simple men. So when we <laughs> very simple. In, very very simple. simple. So we keep it simple. And it really comes down from getting from point A to point B. And in the first income stream, you got to look at it. Point A is what are you entitled to when it comes to Social Security and pension? That's number one. What do you got to do next? Yeah, well, even before that, right? Let's let's keep it real simple, right? When you stop working, the paycheck goes away. You have an income gap, right? And that income gap, to your point, Bob, gets filled in a little bit with whatever you're guaranteed by. I hate to use the word guaranteed, but Social Security, or if you have a pension through your company. But then you have to start looking at your assets and how you can derive income from your assets so you can live off them for the rest of your life, which is a very daunting thing. Well, it is daunting because there's lots of choices, right? You could have rental properties where, you know, you have people that rent out your apartment or your condo or your home and they pay a monthly income or you could have an annuity contract, which is supposedly guaranteed. Um, but, you know, we got to talk about that in a minute. And then you look at bonds. There's all types of different bonds. There's government bonds, corporate bonds, junk bonds, municipal bonds. And then you have stock dividends that are paid by companies. Are any yes. of these things guaranteed, right? <laughs> guaranteed by God, they say, for some of those insurance products, because if you die, they pay out. But that's another story altogether. But no, nothing's guaranteed, nothing's certain. And I think what you have to start looking at is when you retire is, and I hear this a lot, hey, Ryan, I think I want to buy a building or a rental property and generate income on that in retirement as a way to supplement my income. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what you have to think about is it's sweat equity, right? Because mm -hmm. if you have an investment portfolio, it's not going to call you at three in the morning because the the toilet broke, right? So I, I think when you look at income from real estate specifically, you have to ask yourself, how hard are you willing to work? Because it can be a great way to generate income, but sweat equity and retirement to me, Bob, are kind of like, they don't go hand in hand. I want to relax in retirement. You know, Rye, some people think that's a hobby, right? Going out and fixing a toilet or, you know, repairing a roof. But I think it's difficult. I know. I don't think that's you and I, but uh, let's not digress. Uh, but, you know, the hardest part about having rental income, is you got to collect the check. And I can't tell you, I've got tons of stories of people who had, you know, tenants during the COVID uh, you know, pandemic where they couldn't collect the check. And then the government wouldn't let you evict the tenant 
And the government's saying, oh, well, too bad. You're just a greedy homeowner, you know, trying to make income. These poor people can't pay you. I mean, it's just, it was a horrible situation. It is. It's a lot of pressure. And what you have to ask yourself is, as you move into what we call the financial red zone, five years out from retirement, if you're in retirement now, how much do you want to deal with that, quote unquote, BS? So that's what you have to weigh out. And that's why maybe you don't want to have all your income coming from real estate properties. We have to manage them. Now, Bob, one of the most popular sales in the financial services industry is the annuity industry. And man, oh man, we do talk a lot of smack on the insurance industry. You hear all these advertisements for income for life. You don't run out of money. It just sounds so sexy, Bob, but you and I know it ain't pretty. Well, it's not pretty. And I want everyone who has an annuity contract right now to listen up because what these salespeople tell you is that it's guaranteed. Now, it's guaranteed contractually by a company and any company can go bankrupt. And they'll say, oh, well, insurance companies don't go bankrupt. Well, you know, Baldwin United went bankrupt when I started as a young advisor at Merrill Lynch back in the 80s. And you can lose all of your money. It's not guaranteed. It's backed by a company. And just like speculating in a stock, you're speculating in an annuity insurance company. They all are vulnerable. Yeah, that's right. Because if you have all your money in one annuity, that's one company. But the other side of the equation here, Bob, too is once you turn on that income stream, A, you probably have to give up your principal, which is very dangerous when you retire, but B, whatever that amount coming in every year, it doesn't change for the rest of your life. So if you have $5,000 coming in a month and inflation now has gone up 7% in the last 12 months, your annuity doesn't adjust. It's not an inflation hedge. And this becomes very problematic because over 20 years, your purchasing power is getting cut in half, which means whatever you're getting from your annuity is guaranteed to be 50% less valuable over the next 20 years. That's a problem. Well, that's, a, that's, a horrible, that's a horrible vision, Rye. Your expenses double and your income halves. Man, that's, uh, that doesn't sound like that's a very pretty picture whatsoever. But, you know, inflation is the key, right? It is, it is the one thing that we're all vulnerable to. Every financial plan out right, right now, the biggest risk in your financial plan is inflation. So, Rye, how do you secure an inflation-hedged income stream? Yeah, because it's not just about generating income. It's about generating income that's going to go up with inflation. And that's where it's important to have, like we talk about this, bonds that come due. Because if rates go up, you reinvest at higher rates. You can't do that with a bond fund. A lot of people are selling them when rates are going up. So it's, you got to be really careful there. And if you have a diversified portfolio that pays dividends, dividends have increased faster than inflation. Even in the 70s, Bob, was the worst time to be, you know, the economy was bad. The stock market was bad. But if you factor in the dividends you are paid out, you still beat inflation. And that's something you have to look at. Do I have rising cash flow investments in my portfolio? If you don't, this is a big problem, folks. You've got to fix it now. No, you're absolutely right, Right. I think the biggest issue, the biggest fear I have is when it comes to bonds is that we tend to reach for yield, right? You have to understand that when you Invest in a bond, you're lending money to an institution. You want to make sure that not only does that institution have the ability to pay you, you know, the, the interest that you're due, but there's also make sure you get a return on your money. So you want to make sure that you just get a return on your money, but a return of your money, because if a company defaults and they can default, you're going to lose all your money in a, in a low quality bond. Well, that's right. It's not just about making income, but it's like how safe or secure is that income stream. And that analysis has to be done because to your point, Bob, if you don't get your principal back, well, all that income you got was all for naught. <laughs> so this is an important questions you have to ask yourself or talk to your advisor about. And again, it's more critical than ever right now because we are literally in, a, in a, an environment we haven't been in in the last decade where rising costs are a really big problem and it has to be factored in your plan. And we know, because we look at about 50 portfolios a month, we probably see more portfolios than anyone else in the country. And we know you haven't addressed this problem. And even right now, it's a great example. Even with the markets being tumultuous, those income payments are still coming in if you have a diversified portfolio. You're not relying on the ups and downs of the market. That's huge. Well, that's the whole thing, right? I'm sitting there listening to you saying, hell, you have to have stock dividends to overcome inflation. Well, stocks are risky. I mean, all you have to do is look at the, the market for the last two months. But that's how you overcome that volatility is by having a diversified portfolio, right? Not all stocks are down. Energy stocks are up so far this year. Commodities are up this year. And they're also the highest yielding parts of the portfolio. So when you look at your portfolio diversification, you hear about it ad nauseum, you know, from all the people on Wall Street. But that's what it's really about is having different sources of income 
higher quality, so you don't reach for yield. You know, you want to get the income that's dependable and repeatable. You don't want to have the best yield, the highest yields. Don't reach for yield. Reach for a portfolio that's repeatable and dependable. Yeah, and if you're thinking to yourself right now, I need an income plan. I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to income and retirement. I've got an income gap. Well, here's your shot to fill it. We literally are down to six slots left. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, they're left for the rest of the show. If you call or text right now, we'll put together our total financial master plan, our famous total financial master plan with no obligation or cost. There's not a firm out there that does this work up front. We'll go through every single investment you own. We build you your own personalized financial portal. We'll get a bird's eye view of your entire net worth, and we're going to hone in on every issue you have. Income is so critical. What's your income plan? How are you taking Social Security? How are you going to account for inflation as it's going up with income on your portfolio? We're going to show you exactly how to optimize the income stream on your portfolio so you don't run out of money. We're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you fee-laden products that are tax inefficient. And those annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products, we go through every investment you own, show you where all the hidden costs are, show you where all the tax inefficiencies are, optimize for taxes, lower costs, and we look at diversification. Are you sitting with way too much money in growth? Did you get hit hard in the last couple of weeks because you're not diversified? Or are you sitting in cash? You don't know what to do. Paralysis by analysis. We'll put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We've got six slots left. Take advantage of this offer right now. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next seven callers, you've saved over $750,000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation and, and there's no cost, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you want to learn more about our firm, Pain Capital Management, P-A-Y-N-E, go to bbullish.com. That's bbullish.com. Check out our podcast, Pain Points of Wealth. It's awesome. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist at Pain Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, well, it was really more like a nightmare on Elm Street as stocks gyrated wildly with Russia launching a full-scale invasion of Ukraine early Thursday. The Dow fell nearly 850 points, but reversed early and turned positive on the day after President Biden's speech indicating the U.S. will avoid economically damaging sanctions, well, at least for now. Stocks continued their rally on Friday after Russia signaled it was willing to speak with the Ukrainian government. So stay tuned, but more importantly, stay invested. Since the market is behaving as it normally does when faced with the uncertainty of geopolitical risk. Regional conflicts historically cause short-term declines, what the experts call a market correction, but it's never caused a bear market. Of all the global conflicts that we've had since 1925, and there's been many of them, never has that caused a bear market. Not the Korean War, not Vietnam, not Iraq, Afghanistan, the Six-Day War, or even when Russia invaded and took over Crimea several years ago. In the majority of these conflicts, markets fall as tensions escalate and begin a recovery shortly after fighting breaks out. Not because war is bullish, but because the fighting ended the uncertainty. And if anything the market despises, it's uncertainty. Now, with history as a guide, the best thing for any investor to do right now is to stay invested. Buy the dips if you have cash to invest, but hold through the volatility and wait for the inevitable rebound. You see, stocks have a 200-year positive bias. Simply put, over time, they go up. And they do so because they're tied to the unstoppable, inevitable growth of the global economy. Now, every dip in history in the financial markets in your lifetime has been temporary and new highs inevitable. The Dow sat at a new all-time record high less than two months ago on January 5th. And as the greatest investor of all time, Warren Buffett famously said, 
The stock market is a device for transferring money from the impatient to the patient. Your job is to make Warren proud. This is a classic correction, and markets will exceed that record high set back in January. I just don't know when. But corrections are always rewarding to the patient. Hey, my son Ryan and I have 68 years of combined industry experience of building low-cost, tax-efficient, gold-based portfolios. For your free evaluation, all you have to do is text or call us at 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, this is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to the More Money Show. We are live on WABC, the number one talk radio station in these United States of America. So thanks, by the way, our ratings are fantastic. So thank you for our regular listeners for uh, joining us every Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. And for new listeners, I hope you will become regular listeners. We have a lot of fun on this show. We talk a lot about this intersection between politics, the economy, and money. Uh, and if you didn't hear what I said at the outset of the – oh, before I get to that, I, I just want to mention that if you uh, listen to um, – Ryan and uh, uh, Robert and Ryan Payne, uh, and they are the best in the business in terms of managing money. So do uh, check them out. Uh, you can get that free consultation. I'm going to give you their number one more time: eight four four Plan NYC eight four four Plan NYC. If you want to make money, uh, talk to the Paynes. They know what they are doing. Okay, so I started this show by saying. That uh, first of all, we all agree that what's happening in the Ukraine is an outrageous violation of the human rights uh, of the Ukrainian citizens. And so our thoughts and prayers go out for them as these murderous raids continue in Ukraine. But I am frustrated with our own government, folks. I am frustrated by the weakness that we see in Washington, D.C., dating back from almost the day that Joe Biden became president. Now, he took some tough stances with Ukraine on Thursday, but not tough enough, not tough enough. We should be basically uh, blockading their oil and gas outputs. That is what is financing this military arsenal of Putin. They're making money off of this, folks, because the price of oil has gone up. The more the price of oil goes up, the more money Putin makes. It's the craziest thing. And we should be the number one oil and gas and energy producer in the world. We were on that track when Donald Trump was president. Joe Biden comes in because he's in the, he is has this kind of climate change obsession. Uh, somehow we're going to – this government that can't seem to do anything right is going to change the temperature of the planet. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Somehow we're going to transition from an economy that gets about 70 to 75 percent of our energy, the, the um, gas that we use and the home heating uh, oil and the, uh, the electric power that we get. You know, somehow we're going to get that from windmills and solar panels. It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. There's just no way that could possibly happen. And we have played into the hands of our enemies. That's my point. Who are their, our two greatest adversaries on this planet right now? I would argue right now it is China, President Xi, and Russia with respect to uh, Putin. And they are grinning right now like Cheshire cats because we have every time we reduce our energy output, here in the United States, it makes China and Russia stronger. Now, do you agree with me? Uh, this is freedom of speech radio. So I like when people call in and agree, but I also like it when people call in and disagree. And I'm hoping that I can get at least one caller. We've got about 15 minutes. I want to get one caller to call in and defend what Joe Biden has done on energy policy. Tell me, how does it make sense not to build pipelines, not to drill for oil and gas in Texas, in Oklahoma, in North Dakota, in Pennsylvania, in Alaska, and all these other states? I mean, we have so much of this energy, folks. We have 500 years worth of coal. We have 200 years worth of natural gas. We have 150 years worth of oil with existing technology. The shale revolution really made America number one. And now we're falling. We're falling. Um, we're now, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. This is insanely stupid. We are now importing 
oil and gas we've been in recent months from Russia because we're not producing it here in the United States. How, do, how does any American worker, how does American, any American company benefit from that? How does that make the world a safer place? It doesn't. So we have uh, our 1-800 number, the More Money Hotline. And we still, my producer tells me we still have two lines open, so you can still get in. It's not too late. That number, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. I want to hear people who maybe agree with me, but almost more, some of my liberal Democratic friends, I want to hear you defend what Joe Biden has done on energy. Come on, call in and tell me why this makes any sense. In the meantime, we have the folks that have been very patiently waiting on the line. Thank you so much, by the way, to uh, the, the three or four of you that are already on the line. I'm going to start, if I may, with Karen from Rockland County. Karen, what do you got for us? Are you there, Karen? If not, let's go. Let's try uh, Paul from Connecticut. Yes. Is this Paul? Yes. Are you yes. Go ahead. You're on the air, but I'm not. I'm having a little okay, Sorry. I'm hearing you. I have. I, I. I have a question. Maybe you yes. know the answer. Why can yes. we not exhibit some creative and strategic ingenuity with respect to NATO authorizing an emergency uh, permission for the Ukraine? to temporarily enter the NATO uh, Union, so to speak, and then the force of NATO with Ukraine can Russia and do what needs to be done. What do you well, Paul, I, I got the gist of your question. You're, we don't have the best connection, so I'm going to – first of all, thank you so much for calling in from Connecticut. Uh, uh, and I'm going to try – by the way, I am not a NATO um, expert. I'm not even much of a fan of NATO, frankly. I don't like America and all these various alliances, but I know a lot of you probably do uh, want the United States to be active in, in NATO. And let's not forget that Donald Trump was the first president who basically called out the Germans and the Italians and the Spanish and the and the uh, uh, French and said, hey, you have to pay your dues to NATO. We're not going to pay the entire freight of, of defending France and Germany and Italy and Spain. And I think uh, Donald Trump was exactly right about that. But this is an interesting idea that Paul has. Why don't we allow Ukraine into NATO and treat them like the ally that they are against uh, a, a uh, you know, a very menacing uh, neighbor that they have with respect to Russia? Now, I will say this, that the Europeans have been feckless here. They've allowed themselves to become dependent on oil and gas from Russia. Why aren't we providing the oil and gas to the Western Europeans? Why aren't we providing the oil and gas for Hungary and Poland and these other Eastern European countries? Why in the world would we uh, allow pipelines from Russia to Germany and, and the rest of uh, Western Europe, but not pipelines in the United States going from North Dakota to Houston? <laughs> Somebody's got to explain that one to me. Why aren't we building LNG terminals? Okay, I think we have Rocco on the line from uh, Selden. Rocco, are you with us? Yeah, I'm there. You know, you know what we need to do. We need to look outside the box a little bit there. I, okay. I actually what, what? understand Joe. I I understand Joe Biden there. Okay. The, uh, energy, you know, heating your home in the winter, cooling your home in the summer, and the cost of gasoline is going to be so high that uh, we're going to get more exercise. We're going to be out there walking instead of taking the car. You're going to walk. You know, I think that's what uh, Joe Biden wants to do. I'd like to say something about the Ukraine, you know. Yes. If you if you don't have a nuclear capability and you're not a member of NATO and uh, your profession before becoming the president of the Ukraine was a comedian actor, uh, Putin is going to take full advantage of that. And uh the fecklessness of, uh, like you said, uh, NATO, Europe, and yep. uh, the presidency here in the United States of America. You know, Putin. I mean, he must be in his glory. I mean, he he's like, forget about it. And 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 he's going to be the richest man in the world if he's not already. Yeah. He, I believe he's number yeah. three, but he's going to climb up there pretty quick. So, uh, 
you know, they're in trouble there at the Ukraine. And, and my sympathy to all the Ukraine citizens or sympathizers over here, I'm one of them. You know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I mean, I sympathize with the Ukraine. But you know what? Between you and I, Steve, they need to surrender. That's what they need to do before there's bloodshed. Because Putin has no, he has no regard for human life. Well, but here's the thing, Rocco, great call. Uh, I, I'm just following the news as it happens. In fact, I have Fox uh, on the TV screen as we're talking. And, you know, the Ukrainians now look to be putting up some resistance. And God God love these people. They're, they are outmanned, obviously, by the Russian uh, military arsenal. But uh, they are they are um, they are face, uh, facing some very, very stiff resistance from the Ukrainian people who obviously don't have the armaments that the Russians do with the tanks and the, and the fighter planes and so on. So uh, we have to help these people. I, I, I'm not saying that the United States military has to help them, but we have to help them with money and supplies and whatever we can because this cannot stand. Because the, the pr- problem is that if Russia goes to Ukraine, I mean, have we forgotten the lessons of history, folks? Are they going to try to – I mean, basically, Putin wants to put the band back together, right? He wants to uh, recreate the Soviet Union, which was one of the most sinister forces in the history of mankind. We cannot allow that to happen. Now, I, again, I'm not – I'm I'm not in favor of uh, our military getting involved in this, but I do think we should, as Americans, you know, there are various uh, charitable uh, causes that you can support that will help the people in Ukraine whose country is under attack. Now, I want to make another point. And by the way, I, I would love it if someone would call in. We have many callers on the line, but I want somebody to call in to defend, explain to us why it is that Biden's policies have shut down American energy. Um, when he says, folks, when Donald, when uh, Joe Biden says, I'm doing everything I can to reduce gas prices, that's a lie. That's a lie. He's not doing everything he can to reduce gas prices. He's doing everything he can to raise gas prices because the radical left that controls this White House and the radical Greens that basically want to destroy our free market capitalist system, they don't want people to use fossil fuels. And if you don't want people to use fossil fuels, what's the best way to stop them from using it? Raise the price of it, right? Do you think they want to go back to a $1.50, $2 gallon gasoline? Of course they don't. Then people would use more of it. Uh, So they regard oil, gas, and coal as sinister fuels, when in fact, natural gas is the reason that the United States has led the world in reductions in uh, greenhouse gas emissions and carbon emissions. By the way, did you all know that? Because I don't, I don't think most Americans know this. We have a very highly educated audience, so most of you listening to this probably do know it. But there's no country in the world, I'm going to say it again, no country in the world over the last five years that has reduced its carbon emissions more than the United States. And that's because we are transitioning more to natural gas. So why is the left against that? Someone explain to me why the left is against nuclear power. Now, you know, I'm not a cheerleader for one form of uh, energy over another. I believe in the market, letting the market decide. But California is shutting down its last nuclear plant. Nuclear power emits zero greenhouse gas emissions. Folks, if you are someone who is worried about climate change, it's not something that keeps me up at night, but I know many people are concerned about it. If you're concerned about climate change, we should be building 50 nuclear power plants in this country. Uh, not, I'll say it again. No emissions from nuclear plants. How about this? I wonder if you know, ladies and gentlemen, what is the number one source of renewable energy today in the United States? If you say solar and wind power, you are wrong. It's not, it's not solar and wind power. The number one source of renewable energy in, in, in America today is hydropower. Hydropower. You all in the, in the Northeast we get a lot of um, clean energy from uh, Niagara Falls. It turns out hydropower is a great way to get electric power, but the left doesn't like hydropower. <laughs> they don't like dams. And they don't, I don't understand why they don't like hydropower. Uh, they say it's going to kill fish, but of course, uh, you know, they don't, they're not too concerned that the, uh, that the wind turbines kill birds. Uh, I'm not trying to be cavalier about this. This is a deadly serious issue. We have got to get strong on energy. The country that controls the energy, energy supplies has an upper hand in its geo, um, 
a political situation. Mr. Producer, do we have any other callers? I want to make sure I don't um, I get to everyone who's called in. Yeah, let's go to Rob from Staten Island. Rob from Staten Island. Rob, what do you got for us? Hey, how are you? How you doing? You know, Good. listening to Biden, he's in bed, I hate to tell you, everybody knows it. He's in bed with China and Russia. He wants to see a collapse for the United States people. He wants gas to go up to $8, so the far left could say $8. We're going to do a greenhouse. We're going to do an electric car. Electric cars won't be around for 50 years from now. He is destroying this country. We're very weak. The way we pulled out of Afghanistan is horrendously horrible. He could have stopped Biden three months ago when he was getting these troops all together. And, and okay, put so all great, these great call. Thanks, thanks. A great, great call. I want to get to the our last couple of callers, but I want to just say something. I'm, I don't know if his – look, I don't question his motives. I don't question the president's motives. I think he loves America. I think he's doing what he thinks is right. What I'm telling you is what he's doing is not right. It's wrong. It's wrong for America. He's been deluded uh, by his advisors and these left-wing environmental groups that are telling them that, you know, we're going to be able to power a $23 trillion economy that makes cars and steel and manufacturing and construction. The cloud that, that makes the Internet possible uses a lot of energy. We're going to get that from wind power. I mean, it, it is so it is so delusional and it's a dangerous delusion because we are going to be facing energy, not just higher prices, but you saw what happened in Texas last year where the electric grid system went down. I'm very worried about that. And we don't want to have to rely on other countries for electric power. We want to get our electric power and our gasoline and our fuels here in the United States. Okay, Mr. Producer, do we have any more followers before we the end of the hour? Yes, let's go to Sarah in Manhattan. Sarah, thanks for calling. What do you got for us? Are you going to Hi, defend Joe so Biden? Can, are you going to defend Joe Biden's energy policies? I'm so sorry, I can. I know you're looking for that person, but I don't know if you're going to find them. Um, I haven't had Sarah. You know, I've, I've been waiting patiently. We had about we've had about 15 callers. Thank you, by the way, for you and all those who've called in. But not one of them will will defend Biden's energy policies. What do you got, Sarah? We got 30 seconds. Happened under Trump. Trump would have never enriched Biden by shutting down all of our supplies. And you can't blame Europe for buying it from Russia because we don't offer an alternative right now. If you're suffering from ED, you're not alone. 60% of men over 60 have this problem. Help is out there. The professionals at Elevate Wellness can help you be the man you used to be. They've helped thousands of patients and have a 96% success rate. What are you waiting for? Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Your first visit is only $99. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Help is out there. ElevateWellnessGroup.com.